everybody, the Con Artists here. We're here for a super extra special podcast this time around. So there's, uh, we've got myself, Sue, on. Dan is here. Hey. And we have an extra special guest for the very first time Woo. on our podcast. Uh, Diana, hello. <laughs> tell us about hello. yourself and tell us about what you do in the games industry. Yeah, sure. Um, my name is Diana. Hi. And I am an account manager for production teams at a AAA um, a studio. I um, It's an interesting position because I get to work with uh, um, pretty much everybody in, in when, that uh, is involved in, in games. Um, I, whether it's uh, marketing, whether it's uh, the actual uh, development teams that are developing the games, um, release management as well. I also uh, work with the client that releases the game that you get to play on. So um, yeah, I get to do all of that really delicious, yummy stuff um, and working working with a lot of different teams. And I'm essentially the uh, bridge that connects everybody together, um, communicating um communicating uh, uh timelines and milestones and uh and and making sure that the game releases on time and it's uh and it's successful and uh works on the on the client. Diana, that's so perfect because that's exactly what we're talking about today. What? It's almost I as if know. we planned this. Oh, well, awesome. <laughs> I know, almost. it's almost <laughs> It's all coming together. So, um yeah, you know, with the kind of with the release of of cyberpunk you know i really wanted to get together with with both of you and have this podcast it's time to reveal my my dark backstory i am an electrical engineer and i was a project manager in my previous position for four and a half years i ran really large scale half million dollar projects so um, Dan, can you just really quick talk about what you do in the games industry? And then I'll get into what this podcast is going to be all about. Sure. Uh, well, my focus is as a uh, UI designer for another AAA company. And so I'm the one who creates all of the buttons, icons, uh, the visual design that lets the player interact with the game. But uh, because that encompasses so many different aspects of the game, I work with pretty much every other department with audio, with animation, uh, VFX, with uh, narrative, all of these uh, folks to try and communicate what the game needs to inform the player of in order for them to have a good experience. Uh, in an ideal world, we try to make that as seamless as possible. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm on the mainline development team. Uh, we work with production and with marketing and with all the other, the other teams, but uh, I'm part of the group that actually builds the game itself. Very cool. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about project management. I'll be talking about it from the engineering side, and I will have both of you talk about it from the gaming side. Uh, you know, what I, what I want to get an understanding of by the end of, end of our cast is really how games, a little bit about how games get made and how games derail really, really hard or stay on track, which is, which is Diana's specialty. So, <laughs> um, guys, just a disclaimer, I am going to be talking about, uh, project management in the sense of PMP, which is project management professional as well as Six Sigma Demaic, D-M-A-I-C. Uh, both of these things will come from my experience with these items. Uh, they may not be your experience, but this is how I have used them 
in my managerial experience. So just disclaimer, if you've used, especially Demaic, a little differently, um, this is going to be from a non-manufacturing point of view because Demaic was developed for use in factory usage, and that is not how I used it. So um, let's let's start off with how to get a project off the ground, how to, how to get one running. Um, so project in engineering world is something that only lasts for a temporary duration. It doesn't go on and on and on. That's defined as an operation. Once the project is created, you cannot create it again. So it should be unique. Uh, it has to have a beginning and an end, you know, following suit with the idea of temporary. That's, that's in PMP world. To, to start a project off in, in PMP world, the concept of scope is very, very critical. Um, in the initiating phase, the very first phase of the PMP process, your scope can be slightly vague, but it you, you know you should have at least a strong enough idea go and what you you know have have in mind. When you hit the planning stage, which is the second stage of PMP, you can expect to spend upwards of forty percent in this phase just nailing your scope down, all the pieces that go along with it, where your resources will go, because this is the roadmap that will take you through the rest of the project. Um, in the Six Sigma Demaic world, the first phase is D for define. And it's very critical here that you understand objective. When we when we define the objective, we you know we we're really laying out what it is that we're going to be measuring and looking at and making sure that we wrap everything back to that concept. Your project shouldn't even go get underway unless there's that goal that you're championing, you know, championing. Wow. Word championing. <laughs> That's the word I wanted. Sorry, team. You know, what are you seeking to improve? How are you seeking to do it? You need to know these things and these initial phases really should be the crux of where you are dumping tons and tons of your time because everything else can snowball out of control. This first phase is also where you're going to involve stakeholders. You'll generally need them for the sake of buy-in financially and just to be able to utilize resources, which may be out of your reach. Um, and your stakeholders want results. You know, they're not going to approve something that's that's half-baked. There's money, there's resources, there's all sorts of things on the line. And if you don't have that initial goal in mind, your project literally cannot get off the ground. So how does it work in, in gaming world, especially with something so big, like, like a AAA game? Uh, that is a very, very broad question. I mean, I think the joke, uh, I, the joke that you constantly hear from game devs is that uh, that the way that games are made is magic, um, because you know it could be you, you could be several months away from launch and the game is just not working. So um, I think uh, I, I I personally think it is a bit of <laughs> it is a bit of magic and it all magically comes together in some way or another. Um, Diana, you got to open the magic box and teach us the secret. Oh my gosh. I can't, I, I don't even know. I don't e it doesn't even matter. I, th I think, I think it's like, you know, you, you have folks who have like 20 plus years experience in gaming who still say they have no idea how games are made. It's just, it just all comes together in some magical way. Um, wow. 
I, I will say, I, I will say this, you know, this, it's a half joke, but it's, it, you know, it's, I will say this, that there is a lot of organization. Um, there are a lot of moving parts. There are a lot of uh, folks passionately and um, efficiently working together um, to sort of uh, put out um, these, these games that we all play. And, um, and I guess that's where the magic is, is because you, you know, at least where, uh, in at the company that I work at, you know, we have several studios, um, that, um, that, uh, work together to launch a particular, to launch, to launch the game. And that can be, I mean, that's on so many levels. You have just on the development side, you have, you know, studios all around the world working on, on this one game. And then you have on, um, and then you have the actual, like, you know, the, the, the actual like platform, uh, you know, if it's on PC or for on, um, or PlayStation or Xbox or whatever, you know, you have those international teams working together to make sure that that game launches on that particular platform. So it's, it, it is, it is a humongous moving machine slash being, um, that, uh, that is involved in making these games. And I think people forget that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Wow. Uh, so I guess, yeah, get, go ahead, Dan. No, no worries. Um, as Diana said, yeah, it's just it's a it's a ship that's constantly in motion, and you're building it as you go, and it's a matter of every team working on their own focus while also working in harmony to make sure that everyone's needs are met because everyone is working in service of the project and in service of everyone else. The engineers are getting things in that the designers originally thought up. The UI uh, folks are making sure that the player is able to actually use the systems that the designers and the engineers created. Audio is making sure that the player can hear what's going on and that um, there isn't too much noise or interference with uh, their focus. And on top of that, you have, you know, you have tech art, you have VFX, you have backend support, you have um, network support, you have all of these different groups working on their own particular niche. Um, but all of them have to be in constant communication to uh, keep the project moving and not create bottlenecks. Exactly. But I guess, so Diana, is there ever... An initial spark. I mean, I guess there has to be like who who lights the powder keg the first time. Like, is there a specific person or a specific team that has to get the buy-in that comes in and says, "We have this concept art and this idea." I'm oversimplifying like crazy. Correct me. You know what? Hey, give us. Hey, stakeholders, give us money. Like, where where does I mean, that initial spark come from? I mean, it really is. It, it literally is just somebody saying, Hey, I have this idea. And then, you know, you have your concept of your, 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 your idea, your concept, and you, you know, assign or assemble your team. Um, but, and very, but initial, like very, very small team of like, okay, we have, we have, uh, you, you have to put your, 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 your development document on your game dev document. Um, you know, with uh, what's what's the concept? What's the themes of the game? What's the what's the you know the game design? What's the you know if you have some concept art? You know what you know how will it play? 
you know, what is the monetization? Like, how are we going to monetize this? Is it a, is it a single player game? Is it always online? Will it have microtransactions? Will it have? Um, will it also? Um, and then how will that specifically work in regards to the platform? So not just the platform. Like, think of like when you have your game. Um, you want to you want to have achievements. You want to have you know challenges um, that will you know uh, ting off those achievements. Um, you know, it, it, it's. I wouldn't say that that all come that all starts out in in the initial phase, but you do need to have a general idea of how that will all work. And, and this is specifically, I mean, again, we're we're talking about triple A, like um, AAA, quadruple A, even double A. Um, you know, where it's uh, it, it, where you have these games that have like these major major budgets um, that are uh, all coming that that are essentially that are that have these major budgets that are, that are, that are going out into going out into the public and will most likely generate some form of millions of dollars, um, maybe billions. Um, and so, you know, it, it really is that it's, it's literally just <laughs> from, from the simplicity of, of somebody saying, Hey, I have an idea. And then, you know, and then come, you know, assembling your team and, and going from there, it, it sounds really silly to say that, but that's literally how it is. No, that's that's um, fascinating, and it, it and from there it, it it can take you know years, uh, depending on how you know to to say what what Dan said. You know, you have your your humongous ship that's moving. Um, how is that like? Where in in regards of that, you know, that ship? Where is it going to? How are we going to get there? Um, and when are we going to get there? Because these, uh, if you're talking about again a triple A AAA, uh, studio, um, they have a schedule and they're it's constantly it's constantly shifting in some way, um, you know, four years out. You know, you know what games are coming out in the next like three to four years, so it, it works like that. Okay, interesting. So, Diana, in your experience, who? really champions ideas most of the time so in if you're a pmp you you are championing the idea you are the project manager and you must keep you you are the one defining the scope obviously you have some buy-in and some help from other members of your team but you are really the person designing that scope defining that scope and then going through the rest of the phases of, of pmp execution monitor control and closing it out um, a lot of it, it falls on you. In a greenbelt project, uh, if you are a greenbelt, you are defining this project and you are running it through its entire course. If you are not, uh, like when I was getting my certification, I was under the guidance of someone who was a greenbelt. So while I was doing all the phases, I was being overseen by someone who who is already a greenbelt. So while anyone can come and have an idea, say, for a project, you're not going to be the one running it. You don't get to ask for resources, do the define stage, all, the, all these different pieces. Um, you have to go through the, the proper channel, I guess I'll say, until you have such certification. So does it vary? I'm sure it varies company to company, but is there... Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, it, it definitely does vary company to company. I mean, you know, you, to think of think of the gaming industry, like who are the, who are the, those folks that you're thinking about? You think about Shigeru Miyamoto, you think of, uh, um, 
oh my gosh, I'm forgetting, I'm forgetting a whole bunch of names. Like when I think of Miyamoto immediately, um, uh, why am I forgetting <laughs> a Metal Gear Solid? Oh, Kojima. <laughs> what, what is, yeah. Kojima-san. Uh, yeah, think of Kojima. Shu, uh, you know, Suda. Uh, you know, you have like these, like these visionary, you know, minds who say that they have, they have an idea. But that, that's kind of moving away. Like we're kind of moving away from that in, in, in gaming, honestly. Um, maybe like 10 10 to 15 years ago in the you know 90s where you had like these like uh these these visionaries that 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 like essentially could make or break your studio um like a like a Kojima like a well Miyamoto still is still chugging along and he's doing really great for himself but like um you, you know and uh, and Asuda you have like these guys who are like, hey, I have an idea. And the studio's like, yes, here's a shit ton of money. Sorry, can I curse? I didn't realize. Go for uh, it. Uh, it's like, what, whatever like, you need. <laughs> whatever I need to express. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, here's a whole bunch of money. Get it done. But the, but that's but that has its pluses and its minuses because what is the reason why Konami dropped, um, you know, uh, Kojima is because he took his sweet time. <laughs> you know, it became very, very expensive to have like one dude um, putting together, you know, uh, uh, being in charge of everything. Um, and it has, and it does have its pluses and minus unless you, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, arguably Miyamoto has, uh, is, is still, you know, still around and, uh, and still st- at, at Nintendo still at the same company is because he also is a really great leader and he, you know, shares, shares the wealth and arguably like this is, that's a different discussion, but, um, I think in, in, in gaming per se, you have, you know, you have your visionary creators, um, who do, who handle all of that. And then they have like their teams that, you know, that they, that they essentially still have some form of control over, but, you know, in, in, in an even, I guess I don't want to say smaller sets who they don't, there isn't like a name, um, you have your creative directors, like the creative director who essentially is assigned by the studio to um handle uh to essentially run the um run the game itself run the production and then you also have your production directors and then right under them right under those you have your production assistants and you have your you know your producers um you have your a your ap's um and then um your ap's that handle uh you know each each uh department or it could be you know a director that handles each department honestly it 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 each studio is different um and they all work in a, in in different ways which is which is why uh you hear a lot of different stories of how you know game production um works from studio to studio fascinating it's it's extremely fascinating like you go like I, you could be working in one AAA studio and then move to a different one and then like you know the title that you had at that one particular studio is uh lower in in the rank i guess if you want to use it if you want to use ranking <laughs> um uh in it, it could it, it's lower in in a different um it, at a different studio or it's or it's completely different the concept of of the the actual title and, and responsibilities are different wow mm-hmm. you know i mean manage being a manager in an in an engineering setting means different things from di- from company to company but um, these certifications, I guess these that I'm talking about, you know, PMP or Six Sigma, they are backed by a, you know, national standard. Right. And yeah. that's why they are static. You know, if you have a PMP, you have a PMP anywhere in the engineering world. And it's, it's, you know, 
synonymous with the same training everywhere uh, it equates to the same same power level so wow that is is rather yeah, it, interesting it, it, and 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 the funny thing is is that like you know um i remember in my early days i i wanted to get get uh take pmp classes like i remember that like I, and they were like no that's not really necessary here i was like what <laughs> like everywhere like every everything i read said is is that it's it's important to you know to get you know you, to get your certification and you know and and and, and all of that and uh, you know when it comes to you know game dev um that's not really people would rather you learn on the job um it has it i mean it has a benefit but it's not like oh man this is like super attractive like it's not it doesn't work like that in gaming okay okay is there any certification you've seen diana that's that looks really shiny <laughs> not really no no <laughs> i'm sorry uh, but like you know it's it it really it, it, but it, but again like it depends on the studio and who is hiring as well. So like if the studio, um, not the studio, excuse me, if the, if the hiring manager is like, yo, I really, you know, this is what I'm looking for, then that's, then that's what they want. Um, and it also depends on the role as well. Like it, I, in game dev in particular, I have, I don't really see, I don't really see PMP um, or any sort of those certifications. Um, I, I see Scrum. I see Scrum Masters a oh, lot. Yes, Agile. Um, yeah, Agile. Yeah, exactly. Like you see Agile and Scrum, but even then, it depends on the studio. Like I know, like um, I know, like Capcom really likes Scrum managers. Like that's, um, but that was that was like four or five years ago. So that was uh, at a different time, um, which in game dev is, is like that's a, a lifetime like, right a lifetime right? ago <laughs> the ps2 was hot back then oh yeah um, <laughs> um but yeah but this is but this is what i, I mean it's like it, it's it depends on the studio it really really does see i i don't know that that's true diane i heard about one certificate like if you're a ui ux artist i hear that you're the bottom of the barrel you're pretty yeah. trash Hey. Like that seems that seems like a crappy place wow. to be. Oh boy. <laughs> I've heard that's a trash trash roll. An absolute trash roll. Good thing no one on our cast has that. Anyway. Nobody, nobody. Dan, defend yourself. Come on. <laughs> do you want to be able to actually use the uh systems these designers create? Because I guarantee you, you do not want to see a bunch of programmer art. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, I play too many too many JRPGs. I like my UI to not make any sense and take up a third of the screen. Thank you much. I don't need you. Oh God. I don't need you. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. If you want those things, if you want if you want those things localized, you also have to get uh, UI as well. So if you want to be able to read that without learning Japanese, then you're probably going to depend on us as well. All right. I guess I guess Dan's important. That's what we learned I guess. today in this segment. <laughs> fascinating <laughs> wow so uh if you guys have nothing else to add to gaming i, I was just about i was just about to say actually like i i should also this should be like a big disclaimer is that like on my end this is this has been my experience and uh, of course like um from you know from from different uh different production you know teams and different uh studios um and also uh discussions of with uh, with other uh, uh production folk um 
in the industry. So it 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 really like I, I'm sure that somebody you know at a different studio could possibly give you a different answer. Um, and there are there are you know uh, um, paths that uh, are very heavy with project management as well. Um, but in a different, in a different way too. So, um, so yeah, it, it, so I, I, that's, I put that disclaimer out there that this is my experience and, um, my observation and the things that I have learned in my 10 plus years. Totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. It, it is getting very place to place. Um, great. So that was fascinating. Cause I, for, for me, especially, cause I'm used to it being, you know, fairly, fairly static, um, mm -hmm. and when you have some of these, these certifications, it means the same thing across the board. So to have it be, uh, part, part management and part magic <laughs> to make a game. <laughs> wow. Just, just really different for me. Um, so the next phase is going to be a little big. I want to talk to both of you about keeping a project running. Uh, this one is huge. And once again, way, way too broad, but we're going to try. Um, in PMP world, what I'll talk about first is what I, what I like to call the Holy Trinity. Um, so imagine a circle and then a triangle within that circle. So the three legs of the triangle are cost, time, and scope on the outer edge in the circle. Uh, the pieces that go along with those in kind are quality resources and risk. Uh, as you stretch the triangle in one direction, aka either take or give more to one leg of the triangle, you sacrifice the other two legs. So, you know, you really can't, you cannot have it all. There's an understanding that all of those are interlocked and all of those give and take from one another. Um, it's really about adjusting as you go along, you know, if, if, the scope has to change because you've used up too much time on one, one edge of the project. You got to shrink it. You got to shrink that leg of the triangle to make sure that the project stays on track. Um, quality, I feel like is tragically the one that suffers a lot. Uh, we take from, from that leg quite a bit, but that's, that's just the quick uh, end of that. In Six Sigma Demaic, we use milestones. One of the critical pieces of the define phase, which I learned the hard way in my Six Sigma project because I skipped this phase and went straight to measure, which is the next phase. Um, in, in the define phase, there are milestones that dictate where you report in to your stakeholders and showcase where you are and what you've measured and what you've analyzed, um, it's going to create accountability first and foremost, right? One of the dangers with Demaic is that the next two phases, which are measure and analyze, they can go on forever. Uh, you could you could get into this spiral, kind of like some people get in when they go to grad school, right? You just never get your PhD because there's always something new to explore or, <laughs> or look at, right? It's just forever. <laughs> yeah. That hole that hole's deep, Diana. <laughs> I'm sure it's deep down here. Um, so your milestones need to tie into your objective. You know what what are you analyzing? And uh, where, where should you be at these different points in time? Obviously, these milestones 
you know, they can shift a little bit. It's hard to like say, oh, the entire project is going to go exactly like this, right? It's it's a fool's errand to make a solid plan and think it's going to go 100%. But you really should have these, you know, well mapped out and you must have them because if you skip it, things go, things go wrong. Uh, you're also going to understand sort of what techniques you're going to use to measure with. You should have some vague idea. That comes a little later, but you should have some idea. Uh, most importantly, where are the resources and the money going? Your stakeholders really, really want to know that during during the define phase. So what I'm trying to impart is that it's it should be easy to understand in engineering world how your poorly defined objectives or poorly defined scope leads to poorly defined milestones or poorly poor planning. Um, your project will completely slide out of control. You will make worthless measurements or analyze nothing. Um, you, you need to really understand what you're aiming for, what you're going to use, and you need to follow those goalposts. Otherwise, you'll just spiral into a hole. The project will never be finished. You'll eat through all your resources and everything will collapse. Um, so, you know, I'll talk a little bit more about balance, but I want to give you guys the floor to talk about how you keep things on track in gaming world with a project this large that has this many teams, mm -hmm. potentially in other countries. Yep. Dan, you want to start this off? Yeah, well, I can do my best. Again, my perspective is mostly limited to one team and the folks on the other teams that I interact with. But, you know, again, even being on the ground, we do get uh, occasional glimpses into the overall picture of things. And how we keep it on track is not too different from what you described, Sue. Uh, we don't have things as formalized as that, where you have the three or six, depending on how you're looking at it, uh, points that we consider. They're being considered, but it's in a bit more of a holistic way. Um, but you can kind of break it down into the traditional uh, triangle of you can do, you can do something right, you can do something fast, or you can do something well, or I should say you can do it right, you can do it fast, or you can do it cheaply. Um, and you can at best pick two. So in the case of games, uh, you basically have to balance your resources, which is both money and the number of people you have and the number of people in a given role you have. Um, you need to budget your time, which can be done with milestones or with sprints. Different studios use different uh, systems. Um, and that is often set by your anticipated release date. Again, different companies use different metrics for this. Some games come out on an annual or biannual schedule, and those have like a very firm deadline. Uh, you see this with things like Call of Duty, uh, sometimes with Battlefield. Um, and that can drastically affect your uh your your the quality and the amount of resources that you need um and then of course as you said there is the quality uh factor as well um how good do we want to make this how polished or photorealistic do we want to make the graphics are we making this for next generation current generation are we trying to be system agnostic are we designing for a specific system there's a lot of things to consider when it comes to the final quality of the product um but the way that uh, I've seen this balanced in general is that most often you have a creative team working with the production team to set their goals for a given period of time, some kind of milestone. And then after 
there's a chance to plan out those tasks. Uh, those tasks. There's a time where they have to look at what everyone wants to do for that milestone and decide, all right, what's the priority for this? How do things get cut? Uh, do we have enough engineers to make this feature even even work at all? If not, then we might have to delay it or cut it completely. Uh, again, different studios use different techniques and have different timings for how this is done. Some involve the team more directly. Some do it more on a director level and leave the teams to sort of figure it out as best they're able with the resources they have. Depending on that separation, it is, it, again, it varies quite a bit. But we are always keeping into in consideration those three uh, factors of uh, manpower and cost, um, quality of release, and time to release. Yeah, um, I, I think uh, I think yeah. For on on Dan's part, you know, he works. He like that's part of um, of his everyday. Um, and, uh, on, on my end, I, I get to see, I get to see the fruits of that, I guess is, is a different way of saying that of like what happens when, um, uh, something is, uh, was done very quickly. Um, well, you know, actually before I became, I was an account manager. Um, I'm an account manager. Uh, I was, I, I, I also was, a, worked in game development, um, like an act, like actually in game development, I was a, essentially a, a, a producer of some sort, um, and, um, worked in production and, um, Diana, you're just making up titles for yourself. I'm just making, like, you know, and then I was also, in you were also head Keeper. magician, head magician <laughs> and cat wrangler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Nice>. I mean, <laughs> the games industry does make up a lot of titles and no one uses the same titles yeah, from really studio do. to studio. So it can be like looking over someone's exactly. resume sometimes can be a nightmare because you then have to ask them, okay, explain this to me from my point, from this point of view, what does this role mean? Yeah. What were your actual what was your actual what job? Do? What do you yeah, what do you do? What was you do? <laughs> exactly. Um so my my point when I was trying to make was just that, you know, that I, I observing it from, you know, from the game production um part of it, you know, where, you know, you I remember having to perform miracles uh in a small amount of time um and uh and not being able to do it in the right way. Um, and then also begging for more, um, for more, uh, 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 manpower <laughs> to get it done. Um, Diana, I have this, like... I have this image of you in like the Zelda dress <laughs> casting Nehru's love on like management being like, give me more money, give me more resources. Pretty much. Like... I needed, I needed, uh, the majority of it was resources. And I was just mm-hmm. like, please, uh, can I, can I have a bigger budget? Please just give me a bigger budget. And in this case, a uh, definition, when I say budget, I mean, uh, really like man hours, um, which is how we, um, define, uh, define that, um, just like, please give me like three hours of with a with a a, a tech, you know, a, a tech artist, <laughs> because they say that it, that that it'll take them a half hour, and I have like six things that need to get done. So I I think we can get it done in two to three hours. What do you think? And then uh, negotiating, and a lot of it was diplomacy as well. So I had to roll a lot of a lot of crits on that to to get it done. Um, but like the it it, it really is um uh, uh, at least on the floor um you know for a 
producer, project manager type person, um, a lot of negotiations and, and whittling of, okay, well, I've got about, you know, you know, 30 hours for this person, 20 hours for this person. Um, and, uh, we need to get this uh, feature, you know, spe- you know, done in uh, I don't know. I- I'm making n- numbers up in six months, um, or something like that. And uh, you know, that when when you're spreading that amount of hours, you know, in in six months, that that's really not that much time um, to to get you know to get it done. So it's 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 really interesting to now be. Um, a little, a little back and above, and sort of looking, looking down on it all, and seeing how that applies not just in a game dev perspective, but also when it comes to you know a uh, a platform perspective. You know, like when you know making sure the platform works with the game as well, and how you know that sort of uh, concept also works in that and you know like a lot of hacks there's so many hacks <laughs> a lot of shortcuts and uh it's all magic it's all magic <laughs> you know diana my um my sister is a doctor and mm. when she took uh that that segment of her rotation she she would always tell me like it's an absolute miracle that people are born because the entire process <laughs> yeah. of, of reproduction from from conception all the way to mm-hmm. you know the, the obgyn birthing you is an, a nightmare it's it's such a chaotic process and it's extraordinary mm-hmm. that it happens and continues to happen and i feel a little bit like that listening to you talk about game dev <laughs> and i know it's different studio <laughs> to studio but i'm like diana it is a it's a god ordained miracle that any of <laughs> anything gets off the ground I mean, I I say it again. I know I said this. I said this in the in the beginning. Is that again? And and Dan can attest to this. It's so many moving parts. So many people working on little itty bitty things that. Um, you know, from little things to, to big things, and then you have your, your your platforms, and then you have the release, and then you have to make you 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 have to make sure the the marketing is is on on point. You have to make sure the uh, if it's a live game, you know, the live live plan is there. Like, are we doing you know two, four, five, six years of support, or is it going to be ten years of support, or is it just going to be a one off game? So there's a lot of back and forth, and a lot of coordination, a lot of organization. Um, and a lot of, you know, frankly, project management um, that um, that uh, that is a part of it. And uh, and it is in like I said, it's a it's a it's a beast. It's a, yeah. a, a magical beast. <laughs> Howl's moving castle. <laughs> oh, that is a good. Uh, beast. That is a that is a good analogy. Diane right and there. Dan are, are starring in a movie this summer. Fantastic beasts and how to develop them. Uh-huh. <laughs> nice. But yeah, no, it is, it is, it, gravy. It, it is exactly as uh, Diana said, it is, you know, it is, it is chaotic. It is always changing, especially because technology advances so quickly in gaming. And it's very rare that you're able to reuse as much as you would like. A lot of things have to be done from scratch at the start of every project, which always t- means that games have a huge lead up time, especially if you're trying to do something different or something 
outside of the box of whatever right. particular genre you're trying to make. So you're always fighting the limitations of your hardware the, num- the with the number of people that you have, because if we could just hire an infinite number of uh, developers, we'd be able to make anything, but it would never be done. There's because always a shortage there's no- of developers. Exactly. Yeah. Always a shortage of the developers. Diana, so wild like, if you are a developer, we need you. We, but for real though, it's like it's always so shocking to me. It's just like you look at you go on you go on a a a a, a game or a studio or, or a, a um, game website, and you look and you look at their and their job board, and it's it's like a constant. It's they're, they're always looking for people. So you all you have to think to yourself. It's just like how is this studio able to produce this game when they need you know so many people so there has to be a shortage somewhere right um it's it's kind of that sort of situation where there's always you always need people um you you always need an infinite amount of folks to get it done unless you're like naughty dog and you and you get like you know big buckos from uh, playstation (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're just like take Roll your time more crits, diana get a bigger budget <laughs> it's like not everyone can be naughty dog and just super polish their game because their games are so effing polished it's like it's sick in a good way diana you could get more budget if you cut all the ui ux artists mm. that's what i hear yeah there's not enough <laughs> there's I'm, not I'm enough of us as there you, are man. your part is very important <laughs> I know you're such unicorns. Uh-huh. Oh, you want to talk about I about demand. unicorns? Talk about like talk about like tech artists. Those oh god, we always need more tech oh artists. Gosh. That's a, that if if you just Honestly. just throwing this out there, if you are a tech artist or if you are an artist with an interest in code and technology, that is a role that is always in demand. At least in the current state of affairs, it is a it is a mm-hmm. is a tough role, mm-hmm. but it is very rewarding, and you get to see some amazing parts of the game. So you make you get to make that stuff possible—the craziest stuff that the designers and the artists think up. You're the one who makes it actually work. So if uh, anyone out there is listening, if you can be a tech artist and want to apply, do so to wherever you're uh, talking to, because it is oof, it is a glorious role. Sell it, Dan and Diana, so we can have more people. <laughs> and in the it industry pays really well mm. there we go <laughs> all right well i don't want to i guess harp on this section too much i guess the last piece and diana you did such a, a nice job of describing yours so i'll just um follow suit a little bit it is about diplomacy and about give and take you know understanding those those legs of the pmp triangle understanding the middle stage of, of demaic measure analyze and eye for improve one of the the big issues in the beginning is that you don't entirely know how bad the problem is. You know, it's like sinking into the well with just a flashlight, equip flashlight and equip, um, you know, some food sources. And when you get through that first stage of the measure and analyze, you understand kind of how bad the problem really is. You've defined it. You know, there's a problem. You know, you want to get to a better solution, but you may not know how how bad it is in the beginning. In the improved phase, you start to devise solutions and then you iterate you know it's it's i for improve i always think of it as iterate and you go back to measure and analyze how much better does it get how much better does it get how much better oh we got worse drop this Mm -hmm. one it's an iterative process with those milestones as guideposts so you don't loop forever um i think it's really important you know what what you said 
I 100% agree with that when it comes to when it comes to that it's you know I, I I'm joking I'm joke I joke around uh, like uh, being very glib about like you know game protection and how like it and, and I realize that but there there is a lot of iteration there is a lot of uh there there is a lot of uh um of of discussion and um and also just trying, uh, you know, the the the, the amount of bug bugs and and fixing uh, fixing of, of said bugs and um or or working on a specific feature and seeing if it you know if it will work together with the with uh, with the the game in and of itself. You also have your your specific levels as well and 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 checking to see if those levels will even work with the flow of the game in, of itself. So there's a lot of iteration. There's also a lot of cutting. You know, I, I don't think people realize how much is cut. You know, you could be working on a specific feature for months and then, you know, or years, you know, and then they're like, uh, this doesn't just this doesn't work. This doesn't work in the scope of the game. Um, you know, it's it's either too expensive or it doesn't fit or, you know, or or we don't have enough time or it's based um, on an outdated and, uh, design. Any number of things. can Yeah, cause, it can cause it. it, it yeah, could be any of them like that. Any number of things. Exactly any number of things and you know those sort of things get cut which is which is kind of funny to me when you hear like you know does uh, the the gamers like you know your your typical gamers saying well i want multiplayer that should be about six months and it's like <laughs> you sweet summer child no that's not how it works <laughs> it doesn't take six months to add multiplayer to a game it, takes, it, it it's it's just um it, it, I don't think people understand the amount of work um, that is involved. Um, iteration, cutting, uh, planning, um, it, it, it's a lot. It's a lot of it. Because mm-hmm. it's not just about making it work. It's about making it work well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. There's, there's a scene in Evangelion where uh, Kaji is talking to Shinji and he's like, Shinji, the division between man and woman is, is, is as wide as the ocean. And I, I hear you, Diana, and it's like the division between gamer and game development is as wide as the ocean. You know, there's there's really a lack of understanding. Yeah, and then the common gamer, I think of how long these things take, how much effort you go through with a project this large. Mm-hmm. I, I, I 100% agree. Yeah, 100%. Nice, nice. Yeah, and so in the... Um, the MAI phases is really where, you know, we do our cutting as engineers, where we stretch the the different legs of the triangle and make tough choices to keep the project on track. So I guess, Diana, really quick, as quick as you can, because I know this is, once again, a really complicated topic. Speaking of a, of a Cyberpunk 2077 or a Fallout 76 or a Mass Effect Andromeda, could you just run through in your experience as someone who's had to keep all these teams on track and, and look at all these milestones where do you see the slide happen that snowballs to ending up with a project that's, I'm sorry, it's just a mess when it um, releases? You know, it, it. I think each of those projects had their own issues, um, had their own issues that I think all kind of came together to create what it, what, why we're talking about them right now um in regard to andromeda i mean i don't know for i don't know the facts behind it but from my understanding the uh morale 
was just terribly low. There was constant changing of 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 the of. Then they uh, changed the engine midway they through changed the frostbite. The engine, yeah, they changed the engine. They changed. Um, uh, they they just changed a lot. Um, there was a lot of pivoting um, to I think I think and there was a lot of expectation from shareholders, which is a which. Um, the shareholders, it was a lot of expectation from 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 the players as well. Um, not to say that the players are are responsible for it, but you know it does it does feed in. Um, I don't think people understand gamers like you know normal folk understand that like that sort of you know we are we're sitting in the forums and we're sitting in um, in on on Reddit and we're reading what you're saying, um, and uh, depending on how the production team is in you know is involved we t- we take those su- suggestions so you have um you have a lot of different a, a lot of different factors that can feed into how you know how a game is released i think when it comes to cd project red in particular um i think that one is um is 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 a bit i don't want to say clear cut um, but it, I think all of those things are, are kind of involved in that where you have, um, share, shareholders who are, are sometimes a bit disconnected of to what is expected or what the, what game development is, is, uh, is a part of, I mean, there's, I, I, I on, on a sidebar to that, think of, uh, what was it? Um, was it was it Amazon or am I remembers the Google? Do y'all know where I'm going at with this? Where, Stadia. where it was? Yeah, when it came to Stadia, how they uh, um, they hired someone who had no knowledge of game dev at all, and was just like, oh, I have ideas. They essentially hired an idea dude, and the idea dude tanked the whole game. I feel like that's Amazon. I think you're was right. that Amazon? I think that's Amazon. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, that, that, that's where you have, like, you know, you have, it it doesn't matter how much money you have, but if you have no concept of how, what game dev is, then you, and what that involves, um, you're, 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 you're heading towards a recipe. It's a recipe for disaster. Um, Amazon, uh, there, there was a lot of money lost in that same for, same for Google. Um, when it came to the Stadia studios, there was a lot of really great ideas. There was a lot of really possibility, but like, you know, <laughs> I think it wasn't, wasn't it you, Dan, who said, you know, Oh, look, uh, 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 Google not following through with one of their, one of their pieces of technology. What a surprise. It wasn't um, me exactly, but yeah, that is, uh, it is an, it is an issue that often, that often happens with, uh, non game specific developers trying to get into games is that they, they underestimate mm-hmm. or misestimate the amount of effort and the type of talent they need and get in over their heads. Sometimes things work out really well. Other times you end up with uh, boondoggles that are just a tragedy for everyone involved. Right. And so kind of in the vein of, of CD Projekt Red, you have these shareholders um, who are, who, you know, who are exhibiting a set of, a sense of pressure to uh, production directors, creative directors, and who, th- who then need to take that, um, uh, or stu- studio heads, uh, to taking that um, pressure down, and that trickles down all the way down to the production teams, um, who are then, um over scope to have too you know over like too much work um there's uh too many features to launch so many bugs in in you know they're being told to focus on one particular platform which is like like ridiculous um 
marketing is um is is not aligned with that um so you have misinformation you have confusion so it 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 all is um a combination and then you have and then you have the uh the uh the developers themselves having to deal with that blowback um and and having to you know work um and do overtime a lot of uh, a lot of torturous overtime in order to to fulfill those expectations from um you know from shareholders and you know creative directors studios whatever whatever you want to call it um i think you know i i personally on on my side of it you know when when that whole debate was going on i think people were 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 willing to sort of blame everybody else but in my personal opinion i think it 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 falls down to the production um and being able to say um uh being uh, you know production and and the production director uh, uh creative director being able to say um this is not possible right now we need to we need to push this back another year um but you know in in you also have you also have their shareholders who are telling them what they need to do and those guys uh those guys are the money um it, it's 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 complex um but i think when you just want to boil it down I, I i i put that solely on on you know the the folks in charge of production being unable to sort of you know uh uh be honest and and being able to um being able to sort of pivot when when need to be um, you know, that, that's, on, that's on my side. I don't okay. know what you think, Dan. Mm. Um, again, tons of different factors can go into things. There's sometimes where like perfect storms happen and people, uh, either like certain resources are lost, uh, in terms of manpower or funding or whatever that can cause, uh, shifts in the project or, um, there's changes in direction that come from outside of the studio itself, uh, either from shareholders or from, uh, audience expectations or other things. Um, and sometimes those changes can save a game. Uh, there's, uh, the, there's a story that, um, the visual design from Borderlands, the like painted heavy outlined, uh, animated style that they went with in the end was something that came up relatively late in production. And it in many ways saved the game because it gave it this very unique look and feel and they were able to hang the rest of the aesthetic off of that. And that was an example of a relatively late change that improved the game. But you can also see examples of things being added late or being added without full uh, accounting for the resources or talent needed that can sync things. You often see this with... um, what people you don't see it as much anymore but you would see it for a very long time where there were what people would call tacked on multiplayer modes games uh that were primarily single player but because everyone assumed that all of the money is in multiplayer they would have to have some kind of multiplayer game mode and a lot of time and development and money went into modes that people didn't play as much as they might have and uh because of and because of that you know that is a question of is the quality of that uh, of that mode high enough to be worth releasing? Um, sometimes the answer is no, and you would be better off having decided that early, or simply deciding that well, this is not a feature we are going to focus on, and removing it from the planning schedule before it even gets out of a prototype phase. Um, yes, it sucks to have to um, cut off something. Uh, that people have already poured hours and effort into, but it's much more important to make those hard decisions early. Um, another thing that I find is deadlines are a 
major cause of consternation. I mean, they're necessary. They're absolutely necessary. You need to have an end goal, but having that end goal be completely firm and unable to shift leads to a lot of uh, crunch. It leads to a lot of corners being cut. Um, If a game is like set to release on a very specific day and those dates are set for good reason. Marketing has a good idea of what of what they're doing. Most of the time, they understand how consumer interest flows and peaks and uh, drops. And so things are released, you know, prior to the holidays or at certain points in the summer or whenever, uh, whenever a game is released, usually there is a very good reason for that date. But yeah, I mean, you, you know, to, on the other end of that as well, it literally, you know, it could also be like, you know, uh, when I worked, uh, when I worked on the um, in the in the distribution side of the gaming industry, it could also be that you know, uh, like uh, Red Dead Redemption is coming. You know, Red Dead Redemption Two is coming out on a particular date, and that's going to blow you know everybody out of the water. So maybe we should release uh, a month early, or maybe we should release a month later. So it's it's really it's really that. Or you know, hey, we need this you know, in you know influx of. Uh, of income on it the fourth quarter or in the second quarter. Um, so that's why, you know, we need to release it at this time. So there's a, there's a, there's a lot of, 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 of reasoning behind that too. Mm-hmm. And delays are never What's made. Funny is the last several minutes you guys have been talking, our worlds are very similar f- for the first time. I feel like, um, you know, I'm simplifying a lot of the pieces of an engineering project, but they go wrong in these similar ways. And I resonate with a lot of what you're saying. Uh, especially, you know, adding things, things late and subtracting things early would have saved a lot of heartache. Uh, you close your eyes and the cost leg of the triangle uh-huh. has been stretched to infinity and you're like, oh good, now we have a line and it's all just <laughs> money <laughs> that's been poured into something that, that wasn't purposeful. So I really, I feel like we're aligning now for the mm-hmm. first time. Yeah, even if the processes are different, a lot of the things that cause issues and struggle are the same. Uh, I mean, that's universal across any type any type of project, but anything where you're building something and not just maintaining or uh, improving an existing system is always going to run into this. Is there's go- everyone wants to add everything? Everyone wants everything to be as you know good as possible. Nobody in the games industry that I have ever met has just said, I just want to stamp this uh, this mode or this feature out. It doesn't really matter to me. Everyone is passionate about trying to make it at least as good at least as good as everyone else and better if at all possible. Yeah. Um, I, I, there's different you know different people have passion for different things and will be more or less excited about individual parts of the game, but everyone wants it to be great. Everyone's like, oh, like someone someone will say like, oh man, this level didn't feel like it was connected to anything else. I guarantee you that at some point, either you know between narrative or level design or something else, there was something there was some connective tissue there and it had to be cut because something else needed to be prioritized was that the right decision depends on the project but it is it is never because developers are lazy i guarantee you that um it's always Facts. yeah it's Facts. always a matter of it's always a matter of lacking or changing uh resources or priorities and sometimes mistakes are made. Sometimes external things cause uh, problems you couldn't foresee. You know, this the, the current situation with the pandemic is definitely one of the reasons that 
projects uh, like um, uh, like uh, Cyberpunk and many others have definitely, you know, they have to deal with much greater challenges. Um, not only are there, you know, not only are there uh, tech support teams having to make sure that, you know, the network is up and running and everyone can access all of their work. Now they have to figure out how do we get all of these people to work from home or how do we get half the people to work from home? It's a huge undertaking on top of the already, as we described, monumental task of getting a game shipped. And yeah, yeah it's just, I think it's that, that that's the unfor- there was their unfortunate, you know, their unfortunate thing too, is just because you had COVID that hit and then they still had, they still, they had their date set. Um, and you know, they already delayed it like what, three, four times, um, three times. Um, and you know, and, and as Dan said, you know, you have like those studios needed to adapt to work from home, um, in some cases. And so, you know, they needed, it, it would, it, it, it would have been a better idea for them to sort of delay it another year just because of the, uh, um, you know, just because of COVID and um, the, and sort of the expectations of it, people were, you know, at a fever pitch, really excited for it, and mm-hmm. uh, because they desperately needed some some happiness <laughs> during the during last year during that time. Yeah. Um. So that that I think that also you know yeah true morale went, is just spiraling to, out. Yeah, yeah. People were just like, for God's sake, please be good. Um. Uh-huh. The unfortunate thing, though, you know, like I, I think we can we can talk ab- about like the the negative uh, negative parts about it and and how that was um that was that played out i mean all, <laughs> i mean we didn't even touch on you know the fact that like when they were presenting the game they would they were saying that it was um they were saying one thing but it was really another thing um like how they were using a pc build and 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 putting that out there as like the um as like a like a, a play, i think it was a playstation build um or an xbox build and um, so there, there's a lot of like uh, grimy things also involved in that, that also I think went against them. I mean, also they, they worked a lot of overtime. Like it was a, a lot of, a lot of overtime. The crunch culture is crunch real. Culture. Yeah. The crunch culture is real. So nobody does their best work when they're the exhausted. Exactly. Um, and, and I think that, and I think the, 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 what, what we're forgetting is, you know, now that the, buzz of all of that is is kind of i want to say dying down but you know you don't hear it much because a a lot of shit has gone on um but like you 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 know you occasionally see folks who are like well i just finished cyberpunk and it really is a fantastic game you know and um you know once they hit those once they uh, sent out those uh released those patches the major patches that um, fixed a lot of the major issues from that that you know that players were having. Um, I think uh, people were saying that it was actually a, it's a solid game and, and arguably one of their favorite games. And these are people who were like you know very highly critical of it as well. So you know it's it's like what what was it what we, we talked about? We talked the cost benefit cost benefit risk. You know scope cost time um, and like you know quality is is like right in the middle of that you know like what do you what is the quality of it and obviously the quality of it was uh was not good enough but until they fixed and they actually had the time and they they you know uh, the pressure of having to release 
um, you know, at, on this on the specific date was gone. They were able to sort of yes, they did cr- uh, probably even more crunching uh, occurred to release these patches. Um, they they had a solid game. And that's the unfortunate thing about it is that, like, for me personally, I, I don't think I'll ever play Cyberpunk, but because of all of the shit that happened, I, I like it just it, I don't want I maybe I will. I don't know. Um, but like right now, it's just not it's it used to be up there, but, you know, it kind of like fell fell off by the wayside. Maybe I'll pick it up later on. Totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. Well, there's actually some more stuff I want to talk to you guys about. Um, this was all business, business, business. Uh, but we have used up a ton of time, so I'm going to shrink the scope and we're going to cut this <laughs> podcast in two. So uh, thank you both so much. And we'll be back for part two. We'll see you then. Awesome. Thanks. This is a podcast by the con artists. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes or your Android podcast app of choice. For more anime and game related content, please visit us online at theconartistsblog.com. Thanks for listening.